Rev3 Adventure offers life-enriching outdoor activities for extreme athletes, weekend warriors, and the casual health enthusiasts of all ages. Each event is designed to unleash the adventure within. Check out Rev3Adventure.com in the show notes to find your next adventure. Now let's do this thing. Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, here with uh, my co-host Jimmy, Stevie, Chili Dog somewhere. Um, Don't forget to use the code LEGENDARY to register for any of your Rev3 races for your uh, nice little discount that they're providing. Thanks, you Rev3. So, I suppose you've all missed my... uh, sweet voice the last two weeks sorry about that but it just uh, kind of hard to get ahead a little bit before I went to Belize for the Maya Mountain Challenge um, I'm gonna sorry I'm gonna try and uh, maybe get a few episodes ahead before I go to God's own um, and might even have time there to do a live episode I know I keep threatening to do that but uh, maybe it'll really happen so Let's, uh, we'll see. So I had a great time in Belize. It was a fun race, hard race for the racers. Pretty easy for us covering it, relatively speaking. Um, It was nice to have a little time before and after. um, Instead of just getting there, jumping in, going, finishing up packing and leaving. So thanks to Doug and Julia for uh, bringing me down. Well, they didn't bring me down. They took, brought me to the race. Anyway, um, it was fun. Um, when they have it again, I think you guys really need to go. Don't be afraid because it's the jungle. Because the jungle is your friend. Um, so let's see what's new as you're listening to this. If you're listening really, really early, like when it first goes up, I'm shooting monster trucks. Kind of one of my things that I like to do here at home. Um, then I'm going to start uh, packing again to uh, head to uh, God's Zone in New Zealand. My focus there will be on the North American racers. There's like 17 of them. Um, I'm going to exclude Kyle and Mary Chandler because they got their own really good guy, Aaron Johnson, covering them. So uh, I don't have to spend much time with them, but I'm sure I'll uh, see them and talk to them. Be kind of doing the same thing, updating you and just keeping you informed on the action. So let's see. That should be enough of my uh, yammering, make up for the time I missed. Um, this week's episode is with uh, Emily Korsh, who raced on the OWWP America team. Um, what a great bunch of people, always smiling. Um, sometimes maybe it's gritted teeth because they're with JD, but who knows? They seem like they're having a good time. Next week is episode 100, and got something pretty cool scheduled for that. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so spread the word to uh, make sure you check it out next week. So. Go fast, take chances, enjoy the weather if it's really nice like it's been around here, or go skiing, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, I'll just uh, deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) It happened um, one other time, and I don't know why. (laughs) So, Hmm. uh, and... It sounds good. I just have to get used to hearing myself in my head. Just oh. a half second after I talk. Yeah. So, how are you? Um, I'm doing quite well, actually. How are you? Um, good. Although I'm tired today, I think uh, maybe working hard and just uh, might have a little bit of travel jet lag. 
you know, yeah. took me 30 hours to get home. <laughs> yeah, know. we we stayed a couple extra days in Belize um, to go out to one of the islands and mm-hmm. do some snorkeling. And, you know, that was fine and we weren't sleepy or anything. And then when we got home back to St. Louis, it was like, bam, 12 <laughs> hours sleep. And that wasn't enough still. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, but I think I think now we're doing all right. Um, I really enjoyed having a day or two after to uh, kind of relax and see the sights. You know, oh, it doesn't yeah. usually happen during a race. So, um, would I mean before you after you finished, how how were you? Just hanging out? I know you were just hanging out, but how'd you feel then? Um, you know, we felt quite good. We. On the third night, um, we actually got about a six-hour sleep. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, the the day that we finished um, was almost like any other day. Uh, just a couple of extra, you know, racing sleepless nights before that. But, um, you know, we finished right around lunchtime um, back at the at Calpech mm. and. Really didn't feel that sleepy, um, really, for the whole rest of our time in Belize. Like, we obviously slept plenty, um, but really didn't feel bad at all. Like, it was a very enjoyable way to finish up a race and, you know, have time to spend with friends and, um, you know, instead of being destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I really liked, is having that chance to, yeah, sit around, talk, you know, watch... uh, just have a couple Belizean snow drinks in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's uh, let's talk about the race. And obviously, if people don't know, this is the Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge. Yeah. What What was it about it that made you guys decide you wanted to do it? Um, well, the the story behind signing up for Maya Mountain actually is it's a little bit sad. Um, Earl and I have had the pleasure of racing with another, um, navigator from the Midwest, Michael Garrison. Mm -hmm. Um, he normally races with Bushwhacker and, you know, we're always kind of competing at different races against each other. And he had the idea, um, to do an expedition race together, um, which I've raced with him before at my first Cowboy Tough. Um, and so the three of us kind of you know, got on the Maya mountain train and we're really looking forward to a warm race in the winter Mm -hmm. and kind of someplace that we've never been before. And we recruited JD Eskelson to the cause and we're just super psyched. (laughs) And then, uh, Garrison went skiing like he always does over Christmas break and, uh, had an accident and required surgery on his ankle. he like dislocated some tendons Mm -hmm. um so he had to actually drop from the race with about a month to go um which we were really sad about but fortunately we found a really amazing replacement so um you know the four of us in in ryan ognebene yeah (laughs) and the four of us had a great time and now we're now mike's just you know really pushing to get another race on the schedule once he's better well, of course, you know, there's, there's always another race. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, if anyone's out there needing a really ex- excellent navigator for Itera, um, he's, he's all aboard, so I can definitely recommend him. He's a really great guy to race with. Yeah, that's not real sad. I mean, it's, it's a bummer, <laughs> but, you know, nobody died. <laughs> Correct. Right. Oh. There will be other events for him. Exactly. So, all right. I was going to ask this later, but let's do it now. What's your best JD story? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, racing with JD is. I, I had never met him before Cowboy Tough 2015. Mm-hmm. Um,. And was, you know, I just had heard all sorts of good stories about him, but had never really met the man, the myth, and the legend Mm -hmm. um, before Wyoming. And we raced with him there, and it just, the guy just never quits. And, 
you know, he's so positive and I mean, he gets upset and frustrated just like all of us do. Um, and, but he's, you know, towards his teammates and towards the end goal of finishing, he's just so positive and, um, just entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, I, I really like the, I know in your, um, Maya mountain recap video, he got to be the closer. Yep. With his Amish girl joke, and I mean, it's it's just like that twenty four hours nonstop um, <laughs> racing with them. So, yeah, we've it's it's just so fun. We have a great time. <laughs> I guess yeah. I don't really have any specific stories. Well, um, well you will eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, there are. He's, but he's yeah. There's just the overwhelming feeling of you know he's like just a positive forward motion person mm-hmm. yeah he he you could certainly do worse than having jd as a teammate that's for oh. sure oh oh yeah for so, sure um and then obviously you and earl have raced a time or two together yeah that's actually we've um our first race together was uh florida c to c in 2015 um, just right about a year ago, because they're getting ready to kick off here again. Yeah, this weekend. Uh, yeah, um, and we we'd done a couple twenty fours and things together before that, mm-hmm. but um, you know, just like knowing him prior, it was like just a life goal of mine to do a multi day race because he's you know just so experienced and such a good teammate and a good person and. Um, it was, you know, it was just like a life goal. Like I gotta do a multi-day with Earl. Like I just gotta. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. um, that turned out to be Florida Sea to Sea, and you know, really kind of haven't looked back since then. It's just, it's really fun. Yeah. Well, you know, for other people, we talked a little bit about having Earl with us, but then I thought, you know what? Neither one of us will get a word in edgewise if he's here. <laughs> he's not he's not that talkative <laughs> yeah he's kind of like me you know he's, i know people right. sort of find that hard to believe but i'm fairly quiet uh-huh <laughs> it's true yeah. don't have, ask paulette she'll she'll tell you um, right <laughs> but so you know and earl and i go kind of go way back i met him at uh before primal quest badlands they yeah when so he was with Wadali. He's he's at work right now, but I actually um, came home to the Primal Quest Badlands 2009 event guide on my computer, oh. and it's like got the roster and there's some amazing team configurations in there, and um, yeah, so it's it's kind of always like you never really know what surprises will be in store and when <laughs> when Earl's around. Yeah, it. Uh, um... We still talk, you know, we took him out for some training and showed him some, like, a local, locals only stuff, and they remembered all of it, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, a, a lot of it made it into the final course, if I remember yep. correctly. Yeah, yep. it was uh, very interesting, because it was kind of early in the days for adventure racing, both for Paulette and I, and and seeing their teamwork, Wadali's teamwork was just kind of an eye-opener so that helped a lot but um enough about him so how did you how did how did you get started doing this bizarro sport um i guess to the the very very beginning um i was growing up uh, i actually rode horses quite a bit mm-hmm. and played soccer and played soccer through high school and college and then once I graduated, kind of, you know, that kind of went away. Yeah. Um, so I started a couple guys at my work, um, you know, they rode road bikes and like the charity MS-150 rides. Um, so I started just doing that because, mm. you know, I like to stay in shape. And then they started getting into a triathlon. So I started doing triathlons is kind of a, you know, it's like, it was the new golf, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it still is a little bit. And um, so kind of, was, you know, picking up the multi-sport thing. And then um, 
I was still playing rec league soccer a couple nights a week, and one of the people on my team, my soccer team, was actually in an adventure racer. Um, and so he would tell the team about, like, whatever race he did that past weekend, and, like, you know, it was just something, like, I knew that I had to do it. I just, mm-hmm. It sounded so fun and um, something that I would both enjoy and be good at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of convinced him to, you know, get me on a team, and it, it ended up, you know, we never actually did a race together because he moved away out of town and I ended up with his old teammates um, for my first eight hour in 2009 and you know they were they were wonderful teammates really a great navigator and really helpful with someone who's you know doesn't really know that much about Mm -hmm. like I knew about the fitness side of things but I had no you know I had to purchase my first dry bag to do this race (laughs) kind of deal yeah (laughs) um so they really helped me uh, just kind of learn the ropes, and we did a couple eight hours, like 12, you know, we moved up to a 24, um, and then since then it's just kind of, you know, adventure racing girls are always in demand, and I've been able, I've been really fortunate to find, to race with a lot of teams really since then. Yeah. So that's kind of... Uh... The stereotypical, yeah, get, look, there's two ways. You either see it on TV or you have somebody from work. Right. <laughs> so yeah. um, have you spent most of your time, how many, okay, how many people have you raced with? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not as many as JD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were actually, during the race, we were trying to, um, during my mountain, we were trying to guess if Mark Latanzi or JD had raced with more people globally. Um, mm. and that would be a good, that'd be a good test. But, um, I've been, you know, kind of in the St. Louis area, we have actually a really great adventure racing yeah. scene. Um, a lot of races are drivable, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Arkansas, Kansas, um, Missouri, there's a lot of drivable races, so we have a lot of people who are, you know, they have their primary sport, and it's usually mountain biking, but they like to do adventure racing, too. Um, So I get, I mean, I don't know, it's, I'm sure it's over 100. (laughs) That's, Um, (laughs) well, that that puts you up on the list, I think, so. You know, just filling in here and there, Um, one of my early on, I guess, uh, maybe the first year or two I was racing, I got a call at work on Friday morning asking if I could go do a race uh, in, mid- in the middle of Missouri that night. <laughs> um, and I could, you know, like I came home and I packed my stuff in half an hour and met my ride and we drove over and we did, I think it was a 12 hour the next day on Saturday. Um <laughs> with a team that I'd never really met before, but, um, that was really fun. And, you know, I just kind of enjoy getting to know a lot of different people and, you know, in adventure racing, there's a lot of good people to get to know. So there's been no shortage of teammates. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you were part of the uh, conversation we had, but, um, I, in, I have this project I want to do where we set up a website and everybody lists their, who they race with. And then oh, we yeah. get a six degrees of separation or is, or the uh, perp, perp thing, you know, the murder suspect thing on the whiteboard with all the lines, see who everybody's connected with. Right. So. Yeah, and it's, it's really kind of amazing. I mean, not only do in the Midwest we have quite a few teams, mm-hmm. but, you know, now that I've, you know, been fortunate enough to travel a little bit to some of the, the multi-day races, it's yeah. just, you know, like, you know, there's just a whole other crew of amazing racers out there that it's fun to get to know. Yeah, it is. Um, and I don't, I don't want any specs, but since you've raced with so many people, have you ever been on the uh, infamous imploding team during a race? Um, I really haven't. Really? 
I've been, I mean, I've been very, very fortunate in that the majority of the teams that I've been on have had pretty solid navigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, or, you know, at least been really honest about folks' navigational capabilities. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, there, I guess the, to me, the biggest source of conflict happens when, you know, people are, teams are lost and then there's a loss of control among the team, like who's actually calling the shots and that's what gets people kind of riled up. And, you know, fortunately I've been able to avoid that situation quite a bit just by the navigators being honest with the team and themselves and, and then having, you know, some real very talented people handling the maps too. So I, I, you know, that's, I don't think I've ever thought about that, but I, I'm sure that's true that 90% of the conflicts come when you're lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so don't get lost. Listen to your navigator, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell them so. they're doing a good job every once in a while and you're good to go. There you go. So um, let's go back to Blee's. You know how this works. We just go all over. Yeah. What was the high point of of the race for you? The high point of the yeah. race for me was the Mountain Pine Ridge bike ride. Really? Um, more than any ruin. I, had, I mean, I had a lot of high points. That was. Mm-hmm. I felt like the course um, was really well designed. I, yeah. you know, I really enjoyed where where we were taken. Um, mm-hmm. But just. I guess kind of at that point in the race for us, um, we had we had beaten our first cutoff the uh, after the big jungle trek. We had beaten that by 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had gone on, you know, the the pack raft to end all pack rafts and come <laughs> out of that alive. Yeah. And um, but we knew the next cutoff at Hidden Valley, CP28 was going to be a big stretch for the team. Um, and that was the the bike ride to it was on the mountain pine ridge. And, yeah. Um, so we you know we came out of TA like really fired up like okay guys like let's totally throw down an awesome bike ride and get there and you know we're gonna do it and I mean it was probably <laughs> probably like less than thirty minutes into that bike ride we're like oh we're not making it <laughs> like there's there's just no way it was um, really really hot and exposed and. Uh, just hilly um you know just something that we didn't have the physical speed to cover that amount of ground in that time um and so we kind of had a little team conference about it and you know kind of explored our options and like okay talked about should we take a direct line back should we backtrack should we still go and just kind of sorted out a game plan um to skip one cp but otherwise go directly to 28 Mm -hmm. and um so you know that that was like the whole the the stress of the ride was kind of taken away and the the ridgeline was just incredible to me um you know you could see not for a huge distance because it was a little bit hazy but you could just see multiple ridgelines like one after the other after the other in both directions and um the wind was just like you know like a nice breeze and it made a really nice sound through the pine trees up there and um you know we had just kind of accepted our fate as a team so it was just like all right we have time to enjoy this and the sun was setting and it was beautiful (laughs) it was just like a really pleasant time um in the whole race so uh, that was definitely my favorite I mean, how much when you when you make the, the decision that that this is what you're gonna do and you're just gonna have a good time, does it still feel like you're racing or are at that point do you are you like we're just gonna we're just having a good time and the race is pretty secondary? Um, at that at this at, in Belize, um, it was definitely we're just gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um. We had overcome some, you know, Ryan was sick on the first night and we had, you know, worked really hard to do a good job taking care of him and making sure that he was okay to continue. And he was, he was super tough. And, 
Um, so he was back on track and, you know, we were just feeling really accomplished as a team to have made it through the pack raft intact. And, um, you know, we really just forgot about the competitive aspect and just kind of enjoyed it. Um, which, you know, looking back, it's, you're definitely not going to win yeah. races, you know, like that when you check out for a while. But um, I think in this particular circumstance, like it was totally the right thing to do. And, um, you know, it's just like it didn't it didn't make a difference in the final rankings anyway. So um, we were I'm really happy to have, you know, just taken a deep breath and snapped some pictures and really enjoyed it. That's that, that's cool. It's It's fun. It's fun to have fun. Yes. Yeah. And that's always, <laughs> I mean, our, our goal was, you know, we obviously wanted to put in a good competitive effort, mm -hmm. um, for the race, but we didn't, you know, the, the rankings or the final placings, like we, we weren't aiming for a world slot or anything. So, yeah. um, we just wanted to, you know, make sure we finish as a team and, um, keep everyone as happy as possible and, you know, really have enjoy spending time in a new country. Yeah, well, finishing as a team was a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, uh, that was, I was surprised. Like that was that that race in the first twenty four hours was just, you know, we were just getting reports all the time at TAs like so and so's dropped and they've, you know, they're continuing as a three or continuing, you know, by skipping or yeah. There's a lot of lot of difficulty. It sounded like in the first 24 hours. Yeah, and that's the that kind of the surprising thing is in the first 24 hours. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? It, it was hot. I, I mean, it was hot, but not racing. It didn't seem really, really miserable. I mean, what was it like for you guys that were actually uh, working? Um. I was kind of uncomfortable on the first run, mm -hmm. um, the the road run to the paddle put in, um, but we were pretty conscious as a team to like just, you know, there's, we're not going to win anything in the first 15k, so yeah. um, just kind of cruise along at a, a comfortable pace, or you know, try to be a little bit comfortable and keep drinking, and um, but then you know, then we got into the the river, and I think it was the the Mopan there mm -hmm. and um you know we cooled down right away yeah <laughs> especially JD and Ryan you know they flipped their boat like three times and they were they were happy and um so that that part of the the race wasn't it was warm but not horrible yeah um, but I think everyone just coming most or I guess most racers coming from a colder climate and pushing through um and, you know maybe letting kind of the stress and the emotions of the race kind of take over instead of being a little bit more measured and um, methodical about the first yeah. 24 hours. Um, I think that was a really big kind of make or break time. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go out too hard. It's hard to recover. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the first pack graph because it seemed like it was pretty epic. I mean, it's one of those things that you look at on the map and it's like, yeah, yeah, go down this creek, go down this way. and Right. It, simple. Five yeah. hours later, you're out of there. <laughs> um, but it wasn't, was it? No. <laughs> and the, the fun, the fun thing about that pack raft. Um, so I don't know when it was that the race announced that pack rafting would be a part of it, yeah. um, but I think it was January. Um, and you know, for January for us and for most people in the States is kind of a tough time to get in any outdoor paddling practice. Yeah. Um, but I knew from watching the world championships that it's like, if you didn't have a GNU, then you were nowhere. So mm -hmm. we, we got on that boat right away. Like I, I bought a GNU and we found another one to borrow for our team. Um, and then Earl and I actually took the the GNU to um, one of the, the local whitewater group in St. Louis has pool sessions. Um, so we took the GNU to a swimming pool for, I think, three nights and practiced in it. Um, but then once we got on the river, you know, like we didn't we didn't know how 
durable or not durable or what kind of you know what kind of reactions the boat would have when it was rammed into rocks or scraped over <laughs> stuff so we were we were really cautious the first probably 30 minutes and um as we kind of got used to how amazing these boats are like you know they can take i mean aside from technique or amk's like aside from their boat like yeah. our boat took a lot of punishment and um the more that we paddled it the more that we realized its capabilities mm-hmm. um you know but no boat can really paddle in four inches of water so um we've spent a lot of time you know hike boating and boat whacking and superman jump on the boat for five meters and then get out and walk around again and um it was you know it was just like <laughs> i think i i didn't come up with this but someone said combat paddling and that's really what it was yeah um because you were just in and out and i actually broke down my paddle for i mean a paddle for me was useless because i was in and out of the boat so much and i was just using my hands to like maneuver around the rocks um when I was laying, you know, face down, mm-hmm. facing the water. Yeah. So. It, <laughs> yeah, it would have would have been fun. It was one of those places where we just couldn't get any access, but um, right. I bet you there oh, were and, and 50 we were different ways of paddling. <laughs> and, we, and we did the entire thing in the dark. Yeah, well, you <laughs> know, why, like... why not make it a challenge? Right. Well, it was <laughs> yeah. just... Does, you know, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, does that sometimes sort of piss you off that you do these really cool sections and can't see? I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, but it's, you know, somebody says, oh, God, it was so beautiful, and you're like, yeah, it was dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I, was, I was very excited to go to the sinkhole mm-hmm. um, just because I'd, I'd actually tried to research it before the race, yeah. um, and there's just, like, nothing on the interwebs about this the no Chen sinkhole like there's i mean there's one article and i read it like four times and um there's just you know it's just such a brand new discovery and it was really cool that we got to have access to it um so i was really excited to see the sinkhole in the daytime and of course we get there at night yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i was a little bummed but it just it just kind of adds to the whole that's the challenge. Um, it also is, I guess it's a little bit of a theme in my life because um, in 2002 or 2012, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, I went to go hike Kilimanjaro because um, I really wanted to see the glaciers on the top before yeah. they melted away. And um, how it ended up working out is we summited at 5 a.m. in the dark. <laughs> And my climbing partner was having altitude problems. So we had to descend right away. So <laughs> it's just, it's a theme. Like if there's something cool out there, I will get there in the dark and I've learned to live with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you might want to uh, inform your, you know, future teammates that if they want to see something, it's going to be in the dark with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like pack some really good headlamps or yeah. just not, don't let it bother you. <laughs> um. And and we should say that the sinkhole is not kind of what you think. I don't. I mean, how big? What it's like a kilometer across or five hundred meters? It's huge. It's it's massive. Yeah, yeah. and um, you can actually. I think on the tracking map, um, I was looking at it the other day, and you can see it from the satellite. You know, imagery, which is pretty incredible. There's two of them. Um, and we, when we got there, you know, there's the moon was full or nearly full, so we did see like the moon reflection on the sinkhole wall. Yeah. Um, which was just, you know, it's very majestic, and you get a sense of the scale, um, but I'm sure it's even more incredible in the daytime. Yeah, probably was, but yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, and and I was gonna say when you were there, sometimes when things are that big, you you just you do you just you can feel it mm-hmm. that it's yes. like that. So, um, mm-hmm. and then you guys, you guys got to do the repel, right? We did. Yep. We, it was kind of another funny, uh, kind of circumstance, I guess, through the race is we actually, to start that big trek, we actually went the wrong way. Um, 
and so we chose the wrong trail and ended up being about 15k of a uh, wrong way or you know a 15k round trip of mistake time mm. um so that put us basically in last place yeah. starting the trek which again is you know no big deal because we were a full team we were all feeling good um we just you know it's just like that's what how the cards were for this race and um we got to the the checkpoint before the sinkhole um you know we got to the sinkhole checkpoint and you know there's we actually were catching some teams and they had been kind of lost and you know not really knowing where to go and um we got up to our sinkhole checkpoint and punched it and it turns out you know ryan was on the maps and he was just like it's getting to the ropes it's not very far and you just you know kind of do this this and this and so off he went and we had this little string of teams behind us kind of bobbing our way to the ropes and um so we got there as a big group <laughs> and all made it down the rappel and then there was an even bigger group of teams at the bottom looking for the the huge tree yeah um and so that was just like a mass chaos of lights and languages and bushwhacking and it was it was pretty chaotic but um <laughs> Thankfully, we got out of there pretty well. Yeah, I I I get a kick out of that. It's like, what what the root books say, like find the big tree in the middle of the jungle. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> but apparently, it was, it was a big tree. Yeah, and I think it would have been much easier in the day. Mm. Um, you know, we were kind of strategizing woulda, coulda, shoulda. If we were, had been in there in the day, you know, while you're repelling, you could have maybe looked out into the over the canopy or through the canopy and kind of gotten an idea of where a big tree might have been yeah um but obviously we were just kind of looking at darkness when we were doing it and then we kind of got some mishmashed instructions from the ropes crew which we didn't really know how to interpret and that just added to a little bit of the confusion yeah Um, well what's an adventure race without a little confusion right yeah it's like (laughs) Although I will say, I think somebody said that you could see the tree in the daylight above everything else. So, yeah, that would have been a big help. I'm positive you could have. It was was massive. (laughs) Um, So after you guys got to Hidden Valley after the long, long bike... um, You guys hit a couple of CPs there, and then then where'd you go? Um, So after, when we arrived at Hidden Valley... Um, the cutoff was at 3 p.m. and we didn't roll in there until about 9, I think, yeah. 8 or 9 p.m. Um, and we were kind of anticipating our race was basically over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we were planning like, okay, Hidden Valley, it's a resort. Like maybe they have a restaurant and maybe they have a bar and, you know, kind of fantasizing about these delicious mid-race mm-hmm. treats. And um, we rolled into the to the checkpoint and there were volunteers there with snacks and then you know they're like oh yeah the bar is still open so we all these things came true which are amazing we went into the bar and you know got four bellicans and all ordered dinner and um and then we kind of got word actually doug um was had arrived just a few minutes after we had and kind of he let us know like oh no like you're not short course like you're you're still going yeah and um we, some of the some of the checkpoints were not available to us um, before on Hidden Valley property had been closed and a couple others had been closed but um, there were some like you know still in play which uh, so we decided to you know continue with dinner because we were all really excited about it and mm-hmm. <laughs> have a sleep and um, then we we actually slept uh, we were, had intended to leave it you know, between two or three in the morning and accidentally slept in until five, um, which was mildly terrifying. You know, you wake up and you just have the like gut inhale, like, Oh no, what have we done? And, um, but it, it turned out fine. Like we had enough time still to get one more checkpoint. And, um, kind of, like I said earlier, our place in the rankings was kind of predetermined as long as we could make it back to the finish line. So, yeah. Um, we just, yeah, we really enjoyed that last day. We had dinner and 
a good sleep, and then the next day we had a little bike ride, got breakfast at CP33, um, the Barton Creek Mike's mm-hmm. Place. The best tortillas I have ever had. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to argue with tortillas. We, we had some at the uh, Tapire Camp, the Ranger Camp. We just oh. we pulled up and he's like, "Hey, you guys want some fresh tortillas?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I had yeah. I had one and having another one in the Rangers. Like, you want some peanut butter? And I'm like, "No, no, no. Peanut butter would ruin this." They were oh gosh, like they we we definitely had to wait for them, but mm-hmm. well worth it because yeah. they were amazing. Because um, didn't yeah, you? That, yeah. Go ahead. After, after after breakfast, we just got back on our bikes and rode back to the finish line. And um, it was kind of a really, it was a, just a very pleasant way to end a race. Um, you know, I just really appreciate my teammates kind of, you know, putting out the effort that they did. And we all kind of hung together and worked really well as a unit. And um, I think all of us had a really great time. Well, you were all smiling, so that should count for something um right yeah so tell the people well there's two things um tell them about barton creek and then isn't it true that you guys ordered breakfast did the went into the cave and came back and still waited oh yeah (laughs) yeah we i mean we were we weren't really in race mode yeah but we were still like okay we need to keep moving mode Mm -hmm. um and so we kind of had it all planned out like we rolled into the checkpoint and I knew, you know, it was my job to go order breakfast. So I stopped early at the little, you know, bar tiki stand place and, um, two Cokes, two coffees, four breakfast burritos. Can you have it ready in 30 minutes? Yes. Okay, great. And I left and, um, we got, we went and did the little out and back paddle to the checkpoint, which Mm. was, you know, like so enjoyable and amazing and, um, then we came back and <laughs> there was no breakfast <laughs> and I mean, to, to the restaurant's defense, like they didn't technically open until 8am and I'd put my order in at 7:30. Okay. So, um, you know, technically they weren't open yet. So, so we all sat down at eight o'clock and I don't think we ate until eight thirty. Yeah. Um, and that's, <laughs> so we were, in a different circumstance, it would have, we would have had to leave, um, but we were pretty chilled out, and, um, you know, Mike, Sarah, one of the volunteers was there, and um, he kind of gave us the race standings update, and so we, we knew that there was no opportunities ahead of us and no challenges behind us, um, yeah. so why not wait a little extra for a fresh tortilla? <laughs> Absolutely, um, and... and... If you haven't seen the videos, whatever that this paddle was, you canoed into the cave for I don't know, half a k, k maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a big cave because it didn't freak me out even. But then uh, check, you know, hit the checkpoint and came back out. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that's maybe a little, little mm, hokey in a race, but man, it was cool, right? Oh yeah, and I just. The whole time I couldn't stop thinking about like, what if you were the first person like <laughs> to find this, you know, mm-hmm. like what if you were, you know, your little Belizean self and you were getting water or trying to go somewhere on this Creek and like you kind of saw this shadow or, you know, crack in the rock and wanted to explore a little bit. And like, this is what you find. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, I was, it was very wondrous. Um, to be you know like there's just little spots like that all over belize like just really cool places and i'm sure there's hundreds more that we don't even know about hundreds more they don't know about that's the interesting part to me is Mm -hmm. how is you know that area south of where the race was is they like don't have a clue what's there Mm -hmm. so yeah it uh it's going to be amazing in two years if doug has doug and julia have another race what they'll come up with Right. Yeah, yeah and I've, I've been doing a little bit of kind of reading on the area since we came home. Um, and it's just, it, it really kind of hits home a little bit because the race is organized, um, you know, Doug and Julia from the States, and they 
have a really great partnership with the FCD, um, the Friends for Conservation Development, mm-hmm. and um, just, just I mean, we were really close to the Guatemalan border at some points during the race, and yeah. um, in that, in the Guatemalan side of things, like there's a lot of, you know, forestry, like illegal logging and poaching, and just, you know, kind of some unfortunate things happening. Yeah. And it just like really underscores like, okay, this is a real important kind of mission for this race to help, you know, the, the Belizean government and Belizean people like protect and kind of bring some awareness to what, you know, the really rich natural treasures that they have. Um, so it was really cool to be a part of that. Yeah. And apparently it's the Rangers are working. We, uh, spent the night at Caracol and got some tours from the archaeologists, which was pretty cool, kind of learned something. Mm-hmm. But they said in the last three years, they like three years ago, they turned their generator off at 9.30, and they said within 30 seconds, all you could hear was chainsaws everywhere around them. And mm-hmm. that doesn't happen now. So um, right. the, the FCD is, is, is working, amazingly enough. Um, yeah, it's such a huge area to protect, yeah. but you know they got to start somewhere, and they're doing a great job. Yeah, you know they'll put some links to that, but um, that's not a government agency; it's a it, uh, NGO. So um, mm-hmm. this, everything helps uh, is helping them out. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it's fun that a race actually is making a little bit of a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool, and I, I mean, I just was also thinking kind of throughout the especially before the race, um, when all the teams were, you know, kind of doing errands in San Ignacio and shopping and kind of sightseeing and, you know, testing out their bikes and boats and everything. Um, you know, like what a cool way to, I guess, organically like spread the word about different places in that country is (laughs) dress up (laughs) for, you know, strangers in spandex and glitter visors and send them into this town. And of course people are going to ask like what we're doing. And, um, so we had some really nice conversations with the San Ignacio residents and kind of throughout the course, like people wanted to know, you know, what these spandex people are doing and, you know, we're happy to chat with them. So, yeah. I, I, and I found that too, that there was a fair amount of knowledge of the event you know other mm-hmm. places you know nobody has a clue but yeah pretty much every time i went out somebody would ask about it so um i guess it's maybe because it's not a real small town but it's kind of a small community so that apparently helps a little but yeah it was nice that the locals sort of know what's going on right yeah they were i just we just had the greatest time you know we went to the mayan prince a couple times for mm-hmm. dinner and kind of got to know the family that operates that restaurant and um you know we went back to um, a couple of the same places in san ignacio and um yeah i just i really enjoyed my entire time in belize like um it was really fun to you know be able to communicate in english like all the time and um you know just a lot of very you know a lot of goodwill and encouragement from um the folks that live there yeah when i got off the plane and you walk in the well, first thing you get off the plane, you actually walk down the steps like 1963 oh, in the Beatles. Yep. <laughs> but you walk into the airport and everything's in English, and it's like, yes, we'll survive. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. You know? um, well, I'm not going to take you all night, but um, so what's what's on your plan for the rest of the year? Um. Great question. <laughs> it's kind of like the what I've started to been finally think about um, since we got back. Um, the I know for sh- we haven't really talked so much about adventure races actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we'll we'll be kind of making the midwestern rounds, yeah. of course, and um, obviously nationals is always a goal to to qualify and then make the trip. And um, but we've got. Earl and I um, have kind of gotten into the the gravel bike scene yeah. here in Missouri and Iowa and Minnesota, and so we're both signed up for the the Dirty Kansas. We've okay. both done it once before, 
Um, but it's a 200 mile gravel race in Kansas that yep. will be the, kind of the focus, I guess, until June. Um, and then I just started a new job about a week ago or a month ago. So just, you know, trying to, <laughs> you know, do a, do a good job for them and not immediately take vacation every Friday to go to race. So. Well, you know, didn't you, didn't you explain to them when you hired on that, Hey, I got to have all this, I got to go have fun. Right. No, they're they're well aware. Yeah. Um, but I still, you know, want to at least start off on the right foot. Well, I suppose. Hey, yeah. I and I understand that. It's um, whenever I started, you know, a project for somebody, I just tell them, you know, hey, I'm I'm doing this. I'm going to be gone then, and you know, mm -hmm. especially in construction, if you tell people or let people know, they're really cool with it. So. Or at least mm -hmm. I found that. And if they don't, then I either won't go or I'll find a different project. So Right. Yeah. Then, so um all right, I I'm gonna I'm gonna ask because this is you know, we gotta ask this one. <laughs> the best and worst. Ah such a hard question. <laughs> well, it is and and I'm not gonna explain why I'm saying it's a hard question. People just gotta keep listening to the podcast. Uh -huh. So, um, okay. So my, I was actually trying to think about this today, um, in preparation for a conversation <laughs> and, um, I, I mean, like, kind of like I've said before, like I've been very, very fortunate, um, yeah. to have some really good race experiences with a lot of different teams. Mm -hmm. Um, and but I think, I mean, something that kind of, Stand, I guess, I don't know, when my mind stands out is um, kind of when I first started racing with the Alpine Shop boys. Um, they've, you know, been an established team here in the St. Louis area for a long, long time. And I had the opportunity to race with them when Carrie, their normal um, female teammate, had a pretty intense knee injury. Um, so I got to kind of do some substitution for her and um, probably my first race, um, then with Alpine shop and Jeff and David and Doug, um, we were at the, just, you know, just a local 12 hour race and I, it wasn't really anything amazing or special, but it was just kind of one of those races that everyone is, you know, on board and we're just, you know, it's a 12 hour. So you're basically sprinting the entire time. And, um, we were kind of behind after second or third place, um, going into the final orienteering section. And, um, you know, David is such a talented navigator and especially when he's kind of smells, there's a chance to win. Um, you know, like there's no stopping him and it was just like full on, like just, you know, the feeling that everyone kind of wants to have is running through the woods and you're, we're spiking every checkpoint and, you know, everyone's working together and we're just flying through and we come to the finish line and it's like, okay, we, we passed them. We passed the other teams in the woods. Like we don't know where, but, um, we did. And so that was just a really kind of good way to start out, um, racing with Alpine shop and, um, you know, just kind of knowing that I could keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, um, kind of a really like, um, confidence building experience to have um so you know it's nothing special but just i really yeah. did enjoy that race um and i i don't know the the worst i mean there it's hard for me i just i, I do really love <laughs> adventure racing so <laughs> it's really hard to kind of pick out like times when i've been miserable yeah um but they mostly have it to do with being cold um Cold sucks. And, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's the worst. And I mean, we. Um, I'm reminded of when we did Cowboy Tough last year, and we got lost at ten thousand feet looking for a lake. Yeah. Um, and you know, we weren't we weren't as a team angry at each other or you know anything like that. We just there was nothing else we could do um, at night and we just kind of had lost contact with the map and the trails were kind of sketchy and we just didn't 
you know, we felt that any other movement would put us farther away from relocating in the morning. And so we just kind of hunkered down in a little like ditch and slept for a little bit. Um, so that, I mean, it's not horrible, but it's just like kind of one of those unfortunate things that happens. Yeah. Um, well, I got really, I got really cold on the, on the pack, on the pack raft in Belize and, you know, kind of had one of those moments like, like, I don't, I don't know if this is real. I'm so cold. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how this is possible. And, um, you know, but the sun rose again in both those situations, the sun rose and we warmed up and we got on with the race and ended up doing well. So, um, there's, well, there's, there there, there's no bad minutes in adventure yeah. racing. <laughs> Well, you're young, you'll race long enough, and eventually you'll have a really miserable six hours, and then we'll have something to talk about. <laughs> oh, excellent, yes. Yeah. Look forward to it, don't you? Looking forward to it, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's six hours, right? It, mm-hmm. You can do anything for six hours. Like Paulette always says, well, this really sucks, but I'm not going to die, so let's keep going. Right, yeah. yeah. There's always... The next six hours, which will probably be better. Yep. You know, and sometimes I, I'm surprised the number of people that like, yeah, it's the best and worst are the same six hours. So that's a little bizarre I, too. Yeah. And well, the other thing is I haven't really gotten sick yet in a race. That would, yeah. And, so I'm, I'm quite sure like whenever that does happen, that it'll very quickly rise to the top of the worst times. <laughs> sure it will. So. <laughs> Um, thanks. It, it's kind of funny because it seems like we've spent a lot of time together in the last few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what, well, I guess we sort of have at races, but it's kind of like, it's, and it, when I was looking at people from, from the, from my amount and it's like, I know who I want to talk to first. Uh, <laughs> you so. you want to talk to the the pink glitter team the pink oh yeah (laughs) with all you had to do all the planning packing putting teams together where do you find time to do all the pink glitter um well so here's the secret is earl actually did most of the packing okay (laughs) her police and so i had a little time to do some arts and crafts yeah. So that's that's the, the that's the key is find someone else to help you with your packing. packing. No. Um, do you think there's going to be a time a few races down the road where you're like, man, I wish I hadn't started this? Because you know you got to keep it up now. Oh, oh, the the pink. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. So all right, I'm going to ask you in about ten races if you're still having fun doing it, doing the pink. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I will be. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It's kind of, and I like to kind of rope other people into it. So I was like, kind of one of my proudest moments was having all four of our team, you know, we all had our visors and we all made it to pre-race media day and the meeting. And that was, that was really special. Yeah. (laughs) And you do have one of the coolest team pictures. A lot of people really have liked that picture. Oh yeah, it was. Well, that was all JD. That's what you get. There you go. JD is excellent photographing ideas. It's pretty cool. And I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to put a link to it. I'm going to make people go look for it. <laughs> it's so. yeah. Just look for X I O X. Yep, that'll do it. So, well, thanks, and hopefully we'll see you somewhere later this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We. Like I said, kind of still working out the schedule, but um, more races, the better. So hope to see you out there. All right. Thanks. Good. All right, everybody else, you know the deal. Go fast, take chances, and have have fun like Emily does. Yes. Thank you so much, Randy. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Have a great night. Bye.
Yes. 